0: Hey, everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Bit with The Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, as always, like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you. we got Chris Marino coming on. He's doing some great things out there. He's got a great new song out there that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a little bit of the story and some music, and we're looking forward to that. So, Chris, are you here?
1: Hey, guys. I'm here. Thanks uh, for having me on. Appreciate it.
0: And my wife will probably be on and off because our 18-month-old sometimes takes naps during this time, but she's already had her nap. So that's not so, – you know, so, that's the only yeah, bad thing I'm about really
2: having – I'm here right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <way> I understand. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so I always like to get started the same way since we are in this rough year this year. How ha- has COVID affected you, and what are you doing to maneuver through it?
1: Sure, sure. Well, um yeah, COVID affected me uh, a good amount, just, just like a lot of musicians. But I actually, um, so we can get into this, but I had a day job for a while, and I, I quit that t- t- two years ago, and I went full-time with music. And for me, full-time meant playing 150 shows a year. <laughs> so yeah. playing a bunch of gigs to yeah. actually make a living. Um, so that's, that rug's been pulled underneath for me. Um, to, for the most part, I'm actually still finding gigs here and there throughout the country. But, um, you know, especially in those first, Four months of COVID. Um, you know, I adapted uh, by what I think a lot of musicians have done. I, I took to live streaming, and um, I basically have gone I think it's you know twenty-five something weeks, pretty much every week, um, doing live streaming and kind of uh, you know playing for tips and, and stuff like that. Um, and so that's kind of been a really a, a, a bright spot for me because it was yeah. something I didn't really do that much of before, but. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, obviously you can't see the fans, but they can, they can write, we correspond, and I've gotten to kind of know my base, um, Mm -hmm. a little bit better. And I think it's made us closer. And, um, that's been one positive, you know, so
0: I'm someone who always likes to
1: take, like look at positives and, and, you know, try to just adapt and accept things for what they are. And so, um, Long story short, I'm, I'm getting by, and, and I've managed to release three singles during this whole time,
0: too. So uh, I'm, I'm doing what
1: I can, controlling what I
0: can. You know, that's like, us when we launched our show January 3rd, the original plan was 100 interviews first year. And we thought, you know, if we did 100 interviews first year, we would be on fire, we'd be ahead of most hosts, and we'd be <laughs> right. taken serious. And we'd be taken serious with that. I thought, I thought, great plan. COVID happens. And I told Sandy, I was like, you know, this may just be our year to shine. I was like, you know, because artists are going to need a place to talk. Um, everything is getting shut down. I was like, you know what? We just need to go all out and see what happens this year. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. of that um, decision, you're your 219th yeah, mm-hmm. interview. Mm-hmm. Yep, 219. And, and now yeah, our new goal—it's funny. Now our new goal is three hundred for the first year. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: working on that's, three hundred—that's incredible. I mean, I I respect that so much. I I think that's it's it's that's that's amazing. That's that's exactly um, what someone who's hungry, you know, should do. And I think that that's that speaks a lot about your your drive. And uh, congrats to you
0: guys. That's that's incredible. I love that. Well, thanks. You know, one of the things I like to do on the show, you know, is go a little light before we really dig deep. So um, what are some hobbies you'd like to do outside of music? And you probably got more what? now than you did. Before. So what are some hobbies you'd like to do outside of music? You probably got more now than you did not long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> fitness has always been really big for me. Uh, I think I first kind of started lifting weights at like 16 and, I just never stopped. It's, uh, it's, a, yeah. it's an outlet. But similar in the way that music is, and this is kind of funny about me. So when um, I had a period of time where I kind of stopped doing music for about five years, and I was, like, obsessed with fitness. So it's kind of like those two things are sort of similar in that they're – maintaining a healthy lifestyle is really important to me. Um, I do a lot of meal prepping even when I go on the road. Um, so I'm always trying to eat, eat clean, uh, take care of my mind. I do meditation. I read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I find that when I can do the fitness and the diet and the, and the kind of the mindfulness thing, um, those help me execute at a higher level in terms of even just performing and just being present, um, songwriting, it trickles down into pretty much everything. Um, and so the older mm-hmm. I get, the more I find that those things are very, very important to, uh, kind of stay sharp and all that. But yeah, aside from that, I, I you know, I love spending time with friends, of course, and, uh, I, I like to travel too, so. Um, I like to see new, new places and and um,
0: things like that. Yeah, and, you know, just so you know, Stephanie Lauren said, hey.
1: Okay, what's up, Stephanie? Thanks. Uh, she I'm, she connected <laughs> us, so I'm, I'm I'm really happy that she did that.
0: <laughs> yeah, because what's funny is we've, we've been Facebook friends for a while, but then when she brought up your name, I was like, oh, yeah, I know him. And I was like, yeah, we'll get right. him on the show. <laughs>
1: Exactly, it's, it's, and I—I I, I knew your oh, your show too, and it's just sometimes it just takes that like, hey, why don't you guys connect to, to just you know make people do it? Yeah, so,
0: exactly. Yeah. So, so, what would you say is something unusual about you that people don't know?
1: Um, that's a good question. I guess uh, I'm just thinking about my lifestyle and stuff like that. I'm actually a super uh, very neat, organized person. <laughs> um, so. People comment when they hop into my car they're like wow you have a neat car i'm like like literally like aside from like maybe when i just get back from the road on the weekend my car is dirty for like mm-hmm. five minutes and then i clean it um so like yeah my my house for the most part my bedroom I, I just you know how some artists they're like they really like thrive in chaos i'm kind of the opposite i'm a little more type a i'm just very much like i like to be organized like know what i'm doing and uh, I think my my room and my car are a reflection of that. So uh, that's mm-hmm. something that people pro- probably wouldn't have known.
0: <laughs> that's pretty cool. So, um, <laughs> what? Tell everybody a little bit of your background, where you're from, um, a brief overview of you, kind of your backstory.
1: Sure. So I um, I was born and raised in Massachusetts, and I bounced around a little bit, but I mostly grew up in a town called Northboro, which is kind of central part of the state, and um, I uh, I grew up, I think, probably, you know, I always loved music. It was like an escape for me, and it was just, music's like that thing that makes you feel less alone in the world, and you just get lost in a song, and yeah. um, it makes you feel like you're understood, and I always felt that, uh, you know, I was a little bit of a choir kid, um, and so I just always... You know that was that was just such an amazing feeling to connect with music, and I started playing guitar pretty young, and then I I started doing uh, bands uh, or getting into like bands and started bands with um friends and stuff like that as an early teenager, and um, and I was doing that for a while, and I was playing I was mostly like rock bands type of stuff, and um, we were playing all out and and stuff like that in the New England Massachusetts area. And then I went to college, uh, UMass Amherst, which is like the western part of the state. And uh, the band broke up, and I just kind of stopped doing music. I was a little burnt out at that point, Mm -hmm. and uh, went away to college. And then I got a big boy job. I got a sales job, and um, was you know nine to five, and um, did that for many years. And I just I just kind of stopped doing music. And then at a certain point, at a certain point, it like set in that, um, you know. Uh, I wasn't quite fulfilled. And I just realized yeah. that, you know, that dream of music and that thing that you always wanted to do, you just kind of gave up on it. And so, you know, after about a five or six year hiatus, I um, decided I was going to be a singer and that I was going to start writing songs again. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot in between there, but that basically was about six years ago when I started um Decided that I was going to go all in, and that I was going to give it everything mm-hmm. I had. And um, after a few years of that, I was able to quit my job, which is when I moved to Nashville two years ago. So, uh, oh, wow. so yeah, that's uh,
0: that's that's the uh, that's the and high level uh, over <laughs> And and you know I get what, where you're coming from because I remember we originally launched New Country Buzz back in 2000, and um, back then it, it took off really fast. They didn't have the technology like they do now where we can just do an interview live like this um, mm-hmm. on a really little budget. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't do all that back then, so I had that. So I transcribed every interview I did back then, and we even got to interview Kelsey Ballerini back then before she was known, which was pretty cool. But it got so much work, and so by 2015, we shut it down. It was just too much, and and other issues were coming up. Mm-hmm. And then, but for three years, it was like I always felt like, what if? What if we stuck it out? What if mm. this? You know, and I, I've never lived my life on the what if. I've always, I would rather die broke than uh, have that what if moment. <laughs> and and we even let go of the domain, new country, buzz. And I told Sandy about three years. I said, you know, nobody's never bought that domain. I think it's meant for us. I think we're supposed to relaunch and finish what we started and she says let's go so october 2018 we relaunched new country buzz and then last year we built the foundation of that mm-hmm. and, and then here we are this year had no idea we was going to be doing a show like this and you know but again it was one of the moments to where i felt something was missing like you said a while ago you felt something was missing you know that music and because once music's in it, it doesn't matter if you're an artist if you're a host if you're a PR company, when music's in you, you can't let it go. Man,
1: that's, that's, I I love hearing stories like that. And you, yeah, you you nailed it. Um, Basically it's, you know, when you, when you started back up, you probably didn't know, well, you thought it might look like something, but then it ended up looking like something else, but you're fine with that as long as you don't have the what if. And that's what it was for me. I just had like a, I just had like this kind of like a conversation with myself of like, all right, well, why did you really stop music? And for me, it was maybe a little bit of a strange thing where like I was actually just the guitarist and kind of a songwriter mm-hmm. in my other bands. But I think I never really took the time to develop my singing voice to have the confidence yeah. to say, I think that's why I was discouraged. I didn't just want to be a guitarist. So then yeah. you know, Fast forward all those fast forward all those years, I was like, Well, what if you could sing, you know, you kind of, you know, I I knew I had a decent voice from earlier. So I was like, you know what, what if you put in the time, you take voice lessons and you see how good you can get. And that's, and that's what it was. I just didn't want the, what if of like, well, what if I could actually be a really good singer? I just never tried, you know? So then it just, and then then from there, it just kind of snowballed, step after step, song after song that I would write. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it was, it was just like you said, it was just, I didn't want that. What if, I could deal with failure. I just can't deal with not trying, and and that's I eventually I had that. that realization.
0: Yeah, I love that. And you know, speaking of all this, as you know, it's a you know, being in music is a rough road. It doesn't matter what part of music you're in, it's a rough road. And a lot of people, they they see the glory of like a Blake Shelton, a gl- glory of Carrie, the glory of Miranda, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears that come, not not just to get to their level but to even live at a, at a career level. And I always like to talk about that side of it because I don't think it gets talked about enough, you know. There's so many hosts out there, they they want to talk they want to glorify the musicians and that's great. But they don't talk about the sacrifice side. So I'm going to tell a quick story. I hope guide us where I want this to go. Back in 2014, mm-hmm. we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steele Girls and at that time they were full-time with music. And I remember asking Allison what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist, and I'll never forget what she said. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of you, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that. because um, And just keep music as a hobby. She said, um, because the moment you want it to be a career – you no longer own your life. Everybody owns a piece of your life, whether you like it or not. She said your friends and relatives, they never understand because, you know, you've got gigs and you're grinding. But, but you've got everybody inviting you to weddings, to weekends, to holidays, to cookouts. And they don't understand, yes, this is a big moment. This is their wedding day, the, the one moment of their life. But if you've got a gig that day, you can't just go cancel. There's 50 people depending on you to be there or more, you know, depending on your team size. Everybody you can't just cancel, and they don't understand that. Then your family has to sacrifice along with you, because you know, it, even though you're the artist, your time is out there. You're on the road so much. Then on top of that, there's going to be days you feel miserable, and you just don't want to do anything. You may even be sick, but you've got to get on that stage that night and smile like there's no tomorrow." She says, "But if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music. Basically, you can't see yourself doing anything else. Then go all in, because the only way those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that a little bit.
2: Wow. <laughs>
1: Man, um, there's so much truth in that. Uh, and I, I like that you're bringing that up, too, because it's, it's not something that like maybe someone, an artist, is just going to bring up unless you prompt them, you know, unless you ask them to do, say it. because. I think as artists, we do always want, mm-hmm. we, want, our, we, want our fan, we want to be that like, example of like, happiness for our fans and kind of like an escape for them, right? So we don't want to like, put up problems on, onto them. And yeah. But the truth is, behind the scenes, it's hard, because well, first off, it's lonely. You know, um, even if you have a massive team and a whole band and everything, it's still lonely because at the end of the day, it's you trying to climb up this hill that's, you know, and you're constantly being pushed down and it's, you have to keep getting up every single day. Um, And there's all these Mm -hmm. things like, I guess I'll talk about, you know, relationships, you know, when I Mm -hmm. started doing it, um, you know, I lost some friends. Some of the friends, friends just faded off because they maybe not that they didn't understand it, but because now I can't hang out with them every weekend and go out drinking. I have, you know, I'm, I'm performing and this is my job. And, you know, relationships, uh, um, you know, act like like intimate relationships have been extremely yeah. hard to to maintain, and you know, it takes it takes kind of a special person to date a musician who's who can understand the schedule and all that, and it's mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not easy. You know, I've I've, I've had a, a lot of relationships, kind of um, both friends and and intimate, you know, just not work because in part because of that, and um, yeah, so it's it's certainly. Uh, there's certainly a lot behind the scenes and you know another thing is too that probably doesn't get talked about mm-hmm. enough is self doubt, is is self-doubt because yeah you know like that's huge you know, on the one hand, yeah because on the one hand you know i like i know my worth i know that i deserve a spot um you know up with these big hitters i know that the songs i'm writing come from the heart and that people can connect on it and 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 you know, at a certain level, it's about exposure and stuff like that. But at the same time, I mean, you know, you're in a very competitive field and there's lots of talent out there. And, you know, not only are you competing with no's from other people, but you're also mm-hmm. competing every day. You're also, you know, there's always going to be an inner voice, no matter how confident you are, that says, wait, can I really do this? You know, that, that kind of yeah. thing. And and the longer I do that, the, the more, the less that voice ever gets to me. But, there's, you know, there's yeah. still that still that little bit of the doubt, you know? So you have to, Mm -hmm. you're constantly overcoming that and you constantly need to remind yourself of why you're doing that. And and like, Mm -hmm. and like she said, yeah, like, you know, for a while I did a sales job and I was happy, but eventually that, that wore thin and I was, you know, I wasn't going to be happy unless I was doing music and that's, I, Mm -hmm. I do kind of agree with what she's saying because, and I think this is very important. Um, the thing that people can't understand sometimes is that to make it in music and to any in any sort of entrepreneurial thing, a lot of times you have to be obsessed, and that's that's <laughs> seen as that is seen as uh, you know something's wrong with you or whatever. But let's face it, the ones that are going to make it are the ones that are putting twenty four seven in, you know, and that mm-hmm. that's just that's just kind of the truth, I think.
0: And I definitely get where you're coming from on that because, again, we're chasing the same dream you're chasing, just on a different level. You know, we want to be the next Bobby Bones, the next Ty Bentley, the the next Elena at night, you know, type people. You know, we want that glory on that side. And and we're putting in, you know, 30, 40, 50 hours a week into something that brings no money in right now. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we're grinding it out here with the show. And and I'll be honest, I I feel like you there. (laughs) I. There are moments to where I'm on that cliff, and I'm like, I can't take it no more, and Sandy has to drag me down, and there are some times I sit there and tell – I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should just go get a regular job like everybody says I should, and and, and Sandy will look at me and say, um, in almost 18 years of marriage, when have you had a regular job? Uh, okay, point made. Let's keep moving. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <yep. laughs>
0: and so so I get exactly where you're coming from on the grind side, and that's why I like doing what we do because you know we don't have that steady income, we don't have what everybody else like some radio people have we can we can have empathy for each artist that comes on because we are there with you,
1: right, absolutely, yeah, what you're doing is is certainly very similar in that in that sense um, and you know I, I when I had the sales job and I was doing music on the side, you know, that was good. That was good for a while. I'm not actually against having a side job. Yeah. Many musicians have to have a side job, but, but, um, you know, but just in, in, in general, the, the quicker that you can get to that point where you can devote every, all your time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, not to say don't have a social life and don't have balance. You need that. Are yeah. you going to burn? But you know what I mean? Yeah. When I say obsessed, that oh, yeah. means that, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be willing to put in, the hours to focus on the little
0: details, um, Mm. that are going to make, that are just going to make you improve year after year. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And like you said, people don't get that because you know, I've said on Facebook a lot of times, if you're going to make it at any level, whether it's musician, whether it's in business, no matter what career, you're going to have to have a little bit of obsession there. And a lot of people who are just living the average life will never understand that because you have to have that if you're going to compete at the levels that you're trying to compete with.
1: Yes, you nailed it. That that's what it is. You know, there there's people working all the time at, at this. So how are you going to put in half those hours and still expect? You know, I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe if you're like God's gift of talent that you don't have to work, but I find that that's very very rare. I find that you know, <laughs> songwriting is a, songwriting is a skill. Uh, mm-hmm. Singing is a skill. All of these things are, are actual skills. And if you don't, if you're not
0: constantly sharpening that that tool, um, you're just not going to perform at
1: as high of a level.
0: So now that we talked about the sacrifice side, and I think we hit that pretty good, which I, again, I, the, the deeper that goes, the more I like it because I think people need to hear mm-hmm. that side of it. Talk about the other side. Let's flip the script on it and go the other way. Um, when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, "Wow, I got to do that"? Oh,
2: um,
1: let's see. Um, I, I, you know, when I released my my debut album in 2016, that was a accumulation of about six to eight months of let's call it a year of writing songs Mm -hmm. and then six and then being in the studio and stuff like that and i actually had written almost every single one of those songs myself so that was kind of a really cool visualization of what i had dreamt in my mind could be Mm -hmm. and then have those come to life and we had about three music videos come from that too um and so that was really cool because that was like the first sort of like hey here's me as an artist here's my brand here's my songs and I mm-hmm. started playing sh- uh, shows and so all that was a lot of fun and then um you know we sold out my going o- we sold out my P release in 2018 in Boston and uh, that was the week before I moved to Nashville oh, wow. so it was uh, hundreds of people packed in there with with um it was kind of like a nice send off and a celebration mm-hmm. of the music that had been created and um stuff like that and I'm sure there's there's some other things you yeah. have I have a song, It Was You, that has reached 300,000 uh, streams on Spotify. Oh, wow. You know, which which there's plenty of independent artists that have a lot higher numbers than that. But for, for me, mm-hmm. you know, when you first start out, it's hard to even get a 1,000 streams. So um, to see that, a song like that climb, has been a, a super rewarding um, experience. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, aside from that, it's the highlights for me are honestly, um, you know, I'll get messages sometimes from people, tell you know in instagram and stuff like that telling me how uh, uh a song has impacted them or they found my my song huh. on spotify and uh mm-hmm. they can they it helps them relate to break up they're going through or something like that and yeah. you know that that's the stuff that keeps you going because then you realize that hey that person could have listened to any anything. song in the world yeah that person could have just listened to any song and you know they have spotify they can listen to anything they want and they found mine and out of all the music mine's touching them enough that they want to send me a message and um, it's that mm-hmm. kind of stuff that is that's what gives you the confidence to keep
0: going. I think, you know, yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause when artists realize they're not just playing music, but they're playing a message, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And and that's why I do music is because the, you know, the way the artists that I used to listen to as a kid and all that could make me feel that, like I said, that left alone in the world, you know, the fact that I can, do that for people and and that's what I when I started doing music I I literally said to myself I was like if I can't do that if this if I my songs aren't good enough to do that then you know I'll quit but um <laughs> the fact that that stuff is happening is
0: is is the is the confidence to keep going so awesome so we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back then play your song used to this and then talk about that how does that sound awesome sounds good hey right, hang on the line
3: hey everyone
2: Show me what I couldn't see That all this time I've been keeping my cards A little too close to my chest Get to lose or make a move See what comes next But yeah. I could get you see Her eyes are so mild That look I can't deny Oh, no, they
0: song came together
2: yeah that's that song
1: um a lot of times i'll start with uh like a, on an acoustic guitar and just playing around and i had this i had that melody and that phrase used to this uh pop in super quickly one day when i sat down to write and then um i just uh had that melody and a lot of times i'll like write something and then i kind of like walk away from it and come back to it and like that that melody just kept popping in my head um, mm-hmm. So I knew it had something So I knew I had something good And then uh, I wrote a little bit uh, of it And then I met with um, uh, I reached out to my co-writer That I, I wrote a lot with, Stephanie Joyce And uh, I was just like we need. I have a song we need to finish writing And we got together and made a couple adjustments And um, came together pretty quickly But that song's about um, You know It's used to this like, like new love, that kind of thing Like you know that that feeling of like, oh, I can get used to this. And for me, it's, I always write on personal experience. So that one's kind of about, um, you know, when you're single for a while, you kind of become, you almost become a little bit like guarded. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's the, the lyrics talk about, it's, it's an acknowledgement of like, yeah, you know, I've been guarded and now I can either <laughs> decide to fall for this person that, I you know, that I'm really into or I, or I don't. And uh, that one's about kind of, kind of going for it and uh how, you know that kind of that great feeling that happens once you actually uh become vulnerable and say okay i'm gonna I'm gonna go with this here and so yeah cause without
0: vulnerability 'cause without vulnerability you can't make it in any relationship, especially marriage
1: yeah yeah that's that's a hundred percent that's a hundred percent true and and even um that word vulnerability it's actually very true in just in life in general, like even with music it's and mm-hmm. you know, I can be a little bit of a private person. I have a I can be extroverted, but I can be introverted too and um you know, it's I have to remind myself to show kind of all parts of myself because because that's what people connect with and that's, you know, yeah. you want to help people and let them see let them see everything and and uh, so I try to remind myself to do that. Um and I think the more vulnerable you are, the more the more on People relate to honesty. People can tell when you're BSing BS yeah. them. So, you know, so um, I try to just be that way through everything, no matter what I'm doing. You know, I don't put try to put on a facade in any way.
0: So, you know, it's like they say, you know, country music is three chords and the truth. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's exactly that's that's what I do love about the genre. It's um, it's it it's raw and honest, and
0: I think that's that's the best part of it. And, you know, I remember advice, you know, when early on in our show, when we were first launching, I reached up to a Nashville friend. and I asked, what advice would he give us as we launched this show? And I'll never forget what he said. <clears throat> and I think it works for artists. It really works for anybody in life, not just a host, not just artists, but especially creative. I remember him saying that whatever you do, be and stay authentic, he said, you could tell every Bobby Bones joke. You could tell every Ty Bentley joke. He says, you, can, you might even be good at it. He says, but the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day comes, you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. So if you stay and be authentic right from day one, your show may grow slower, but you'll gain the right audience. And I've never forgot that.
1: Boy, do I love that I, yeah that's like yeah, that's, that's so great man I, every point that you're making tonight or every quote is just dead on with how my kind of like my philosophy because um it's like I, like it to me the truth is always shining through right If you see someone who's on the tape you pick up if you're intuitive you're gonna pick up on that pretty quickly, whether it's an artist or a show, uh, or a host or anything um and i've I've even gone through that process with my music and Um, Just in terms of like, you know, I wrote my debut album by myself and then I get to Nashville and you do more co-writing and stuff like that. And I realized pretty quickly that while co-writing can be a benefit and it is a benefit, um, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of co-written songs that I'm not singing today because because when I would write them, if it was too much of the other person's idea and not mine, if it Mm -hmm. doesn't feel authentic to me as an artist, I just won't sing it. And so... That was yeah. just a lesson in that. Hey, man. Like, I know there's a you know I have to remind myself. I know there's a lot of trends and there's a lot of ways that you can write right now that's trendy. But whatever is unique about you, if you don't, if I don't do that with my music, I don't have a mm-hmm. shot to make it in this indi- in this industry. So to, to me, yeah, if I'm going to really make it a big in this industry. I got to be different. I have to be. I have to be noticeably different to where people are like, yeah, he doesn't quite fit in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I have a pretty radio. Yeah quote-unquote radio sound, but I don't want to necessarily fit in. I want people, people to say he's different, um, yep. and if it takes them a while to come around to it, I'm fine with that
0: because I'm in this for the long haul. I'm not in it to
1: sound like everybody else and then just be another <laughs> lost name. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and, and you know, um, I think when you look at the entertainment industry as a whole, whether it's artistry, whether it's um, celebrity, whether it's actors, doesn't matter. I truly believe that the ones that gravitate towards the drugs, the drinking, the partying all the time, if you, do, if you really dig deep into their lives, I almost bet that nine times out of ten, whether it's labels, whether it's um, – that there's so much pressure on them to be who they're not that they have to use all that extra stuff to mask who, they say, who everybody's trying to be, who, they, who, who everybody's trying to make them.
1: I, I, yeah, you you bring up so many great points. I, I've often thought about that too because sometimes you will see, you know, a lot of times unfortunately with label artists, their their sound might get watered down a little bit, and mm-hmm. maybe they're not able to like write as much with their influences and stuff like that. And you know, I don't, I'm not going to speak to anybody that I don't know unique situations and all that, but yeah, I think there's something to be said yeah. for that. Like you know, if what you're doing is is the best representation of yourself, and exactly. Um, you know and, and that's another thing of in 2020 you know there's there's lots of examples of artists and you kind of mentioned something like about this before but I feel like it's worth noting for the audience that mm-hmm. like a big, a big misconception about music is that you know you are either Blake Shelton or or you're or you're nobody and with music there's so many independent artists making a living playing to their fans selling out places with no labels and stuff like that, mm-hmm. so you know that becomes a question of whether you you know you eventually sign. And I'm not anti-label, but the point is yeah, exactly. To have control of your own destiny and to maintain that is is very very important, I think. And uh, there's no better time to you know you can do that more now than ever. And I think that's pretty mm-hmm. uh, that's a pretty cool cool
0: thing about the times that we're living in. And the bigger you get before you go to a label, the more power you have. I think that's where artists miss both. Oh yeah. Is if if you can get to the point where you got two, three, four hundred thousand followers through social media and more, and you're and you're getting hundreds of thousands of spins a month on Spotify and and beyond, then when a label comes to you, you've got the power to make your own check, so to speak. So if they say, look, we want you to do this, 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 you can say, well, I'll, I'll keep doing what I'm doing. Or if they, then again, they might say, okay, we'll take this. Out. And Then now you can will and deal with them a little bit. And now, because if, if you're going to be on, on any label, you're going to have to give some, but you want them to give some too so you can still be who you are.
1: Yeah, you're 100% right. If, you, if, if you're a 22-year-old kid who's got no fan base and they're signing you, they're going to own every part of you. Uh, to a maximum extent whereas if you're you know like if you're if you're building up this base on your own where you're profitable and all that and you have demand you know labels would rather hop on a on a moving train than try to get that train mm-hmm. going so you can negotiate a better deal and hopefully it, it works out best for both parties but that's always been my philosophy is that I'm going to try to build this on my own as big as I can get it you yep. know keep my head down keep keep working and let them come to me eventually when it's when and if the time is right, the but, right, the, yeah, uh, yeah, the right time. It's just I'm not, I'm not relying on anybody. I'm not waiting on anyone to come save me. I'm just trying to do it myself. <laughs> and like you said, get those Spotify numbers up to the hundreds of thousands in a month. And you know, um, uh, exactly what you said. Yep, you you nailed it. So.
0: Well, thank you. Um, So, one thing we like to do on the show, I don't think they get enough love. You know, every artist has somewhat of a team. It could be one person, it could be 300, like Justin Bieber says he has, you know. But either way, there's always a team behind an artist that helps the artist do what they do. And I think that they don't get enough love, you know, because fans, they see the artists, they don't see the PR people, or the managers, or producers, or co writers, or whoever, you know. So, I always like to give a few minutes to the artists that talk about the team that helps them be who they are. So if you want to take a few minutes to just tell us the team that supports you.
1: Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I think you're right about that, you know. And, um, you know, truth be told, I'm, I'm still in the process of kind of growing my team mm-hmm. uh, bigger. I mean, I am getting close to a point where, you know, uh, possibly a manager or something would uh, would make sense because of the, the workload yeah. that is on me at this point. But but the team that I have now, which is incredible, is basically um, Justin Mayot. Who's uh does all my my content basically? He does my videos, all my photos and um, stuff like that. And he was uh he's a fellow New Englander. And before I moved to Nashville, I would be on my day job taking breaks, uh, calling him every day you know a couple times a week, being like, hey, do you really think I should move to Nashville?" And you know stuff like that because he had made the move a year prior. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, "Just do it, dude. Like you know you're not gonna regret it." And um so he's been a He's been a big factor into me keeping to move forward and also producing a lot of my content. And, um, Justin wants has produced my last three singles. And yeah. uh, I think he's, he's really helped me elevate my sound. He just has such a, a crisp, uh, like, but also like kind of rocking style of production that is really mm-hmm. working well with my, with my sound right now. And, uh, he's very, very easy to work with. And it's, it's been a great relationship that we've had. um, I have a lot of great co-writers, but I probably should shout out uh, Stephanie Joyce. Um, I've written my last three singles with her, and um, <laughs> oh, well. I'm a big fan of uh, a smaller, but you know, more steady group versus just writing with yeah. everybody. Um You know, I found I that, that we clicked. Yeah, and she's just she's really great at, at serving the artist. So, like we don't even have similar taste in music, practically, and she just <laughs> she just gets she just understands that we're trying to write honest music here and, um, you know, lets me kind of steer the wheel, but she helped, help helped to push that vision out of me. So, um, she's, she's excellent. She's going to be a rising star in Nashville for sure. Um, she already kind of is. And, um, you know, for the booking, I have to have to mention, um, uh, his name, Matt Casey and, and Greg Burrows. Um, when I first quit my day job, I had no idea how I was going to make any money and Greg Burrows helped me, um, get some shows throughout uh, a bunch Mm -hmm. of states that are surrounding Nashville and kind of got me up and running and then um, still do a lot of the the booking on my own, but he, he, he helps with a chunk of it. And there's also been a few other agents that have have temporarily helped me out and stuff like that. So
0: um, I've I've been very lucky to, uh, to have that as well. I love that. And, you know, we've kind of got a third co-host of our, our team too. our little eight year old that we always bring on the show so, um, to ask one question to each artist so we're going to let Sandy bring little Chris on real quick to ask his question and we've got an 18 month old daughter she don't know it yet but when she gets older she'll be plugged into the show too because we are a family <laughs> affair show awesome awesome <clears throat> And it's funny we're all Chris's here
1: <laughs> yeah well I know right
2: <laughs> okay so I got good.
3: Christopher he's ready with his question Hi, Chris. What's your favorite food?
1: Hey, hey there, Chris. Um, Favorite food is, uh, that's tough. I think it's probably steak or pizza. Hmm. But I think because I haven't had pizza in a long time, I'm going to go with pizza. I'm craving it right
0: now. And what's yours, though, Chris?
1: Pizza. Is it pizza? Well, we should uh, should all have a slice sometime. I would love that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because we're moving to Nashville next year.
1: Oh, awesome. Heck, yeah. That's great.
0: I'm excited for you guys. Good, good question,
1: though.
3: Thank you.
0: Yeah, he loves coming on the show like that. And, and like I said, we he, take does. And, he
3: loves to be part of it.
0: When I she gets it. older, we'll be plugging her in the show. Because it's funny. We just changed our main media company name from New Country Media, mm-hmm. which was what we like kind of going to run everything under. And it's like, you know what? We need a generic name. Because you know we are a country show, but sometimes we do. Mo- sometimes we bring on a pop artist. Sometimes we bring on a Christian artist. So we need a generic name, and we came up with Family Affair Media is going to be our new media company.
2: Yes. Okay. Cool. Okay.
0: Awesome. <laughs> but I,
1: I I agree, man. I th- I think um, I think especially now genres. You know, there's nothing wrong with being specialized in a genre, but even for me, I'll be honest, I try to think outside of genre just so it doesn't yeah, exactly. kind, of, yeah. kind of limit me. Right. I think everybody has a lot of influences, right? You know, so mm-hmm. I think I, mm-hmm. I'm just all that to say, I think that that's smart because even with my own music, I, I unless I have to, I don't want to put it into a box, you know? I'll yeah. let people right. kind of decide for me, but I don't I feel like I need <laughs> to do <see>
2: that. So.
0: <laughs> you, you know, that, that, that's like, you know, again, even though our show is 90% country, I mean, we brought Don McGlean on, the American Pie. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how could mm-hmm. we, you know, if we were only country, we wouldn't have got that opportunity, you know? <laughs> that's uh, true. Right,
1: exactly. Yeah, that's very true.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so so we have to kind of, again, we'll always, our focus will always be country, but, you know, we want to expand out and all that. And that's why we kept it the yeah. Chris and Sandy show, so that way we can, it, it gives us options where if we got that right artist, oh, you let's bring them on.
1: I love that. I think that's, that's really smart.
0: <clears throat> so if you could co-write with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? And what would you want to write about?
1: Uh be a question. Um, there's a, there's so many that come to mind. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess the, the two that I'm going to give are, uh, well, probably my musical idol is probably uh, Johnny Resnick from the Google Goo dolls. Um, oh, wow. I kind of have a, a, a very similar, uh, very similar style and I just have mm-hmm. always loved um, their songs mm-hmm. and um, man, I, that's, that's really tough. I think um, I, I would love to write with Shane MacNally just to see what we could get, oh, well. just to see what he could do with my sound. Oh, yeah. Cause
0: he's just yeah.
1: so pro, prolific mm-hmm. right now. And he just, he just seems to elevate every artist that he works with. But uh, it's funny. They're all in that show song then, but I knew him well before that. And him and uh, him and Ryan Tedder, Ryan Tedder is another, Beautiful oh, well. genius who's written from everybody from his own band, One Republic, to uh, Beyonce, to, to all these
2: mm-hmm.
1: awesome artists. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, Love there's, that. There's, a few, there's a few
0: right there. So this next question, you probably will have a thousand answers also, but just think of the first thing that kind of pops in your head. So what is a song out there that you've heard and you thought, I wish I wrote that?
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. A thousand answers
0: um, for sure.
1: Um Man, that's uh I'm trying to think like there's just so many. Um Cop Car, uh actually probably Red Light by David Nail Um Co- oh, that's Cop a good Car one. by Keith Irvin. Oh, that's you
2: know, a that's really that good Tom? one too.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. something about when I was when I was really getting into country probably like six mm-hmm. or seven years ago, it was um mm-hmm. Something about David Dale just had this. He had this kind of like really cool sound to me, and it was a little bit. Of, mm-hmm. He had some like rock in it, and it, it just kind of. Uh, I'm a big ballad guy, and yeah, when I heard Red Light, I was like, Oh man, this is something. Like this is just that yeah. song just hit me, and just the way that they, uh-huh. the way that they describe the breakup, by mm-hmm. fully describing it with the with the red light. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just
0: such a cool, cool song. So I uh, love, it. yeah,
2: <clears throat> yeah, that I one. love
0: that. So this past February Made the five year anniversary That we asked Kelsey Ballerini Where she wanted to be in five years And the reason I always Talk about this part I want artists to kind of think about that question Before I ask them that exact same question Because when we asked Kelsey Ballerini To ask that question The answer she gave us back then Is almost to the T of what she is living Right now five years later And it was really cool to see So you know so knowing that, where do you want to be in five years?
1: Sure. Um, you know, obviously, like, like most artists, I have aspirations to be playing huge stadiums and stuff like that. But that's not my answer because it's, I'm, I try to be very practicable about this and mm-hmm. take it one step at a time. And, you know, I finally am, am basically, you know, living as a musician, doing it full time um after you know about six years of kind of doing it and really like what i just want to play to my i just want to play to my fan base and i want to play shows Mm. and i want to be able to tour the u.s and in beyond but i want to be able to tour the u.s and go to all these cities and be able to sell out rooms whether they're big or small you know even if they're 100 to 300 person rooms you know if i can tour the country selling tickets to my own shows to playing to my base that, you know, I don't care about radio. I don't care about anything. That to me is, is success. And, um, I love that. you know, that's, 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 that's my five year plan is to get to the, to that point. And <clears throat> yeah. however I get there, whether it's through just, you know, building up the streaming numbers or, you know, whatever, but that's, um, that's what I care about. Performing is what I love. And yeah. I want to be, I want to be on the road and I want to be, I want to transition out of just doing bar gigs where you're playing a lot of cover songs to playing really shows that are, um,
0: you know, mostly just yeah. my
1: own music. And, and Love uh, that. that's five years is about, you know, where to So get, let's uh, say
0: you look 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, whatever it is, you're a success on whatever level, whatever, whatever level that mm-hmm. is, you're a success. Um, if, the per- if you could meet your future self, What would you want to tell him or remind him? If um, if I met, if you want, if if, if, yeah, your see, every everybody, all hosts always ask, um, what would you tell your past self? I like to go the other way.
2: Right.
0: We we do everything outside the box on this show, (laughs) so I I I go on and go, what would you tell your future self, the sick, the self that is very successful?
1: I guess just uh, just remember why you're doing it. Um,
2: mm-hmm. You know,
1: remember because this is something that I've. I think the longer you do something, um, sometimes the the it, the easier it is to forget why you're actually doing it. Um, and so sometimes I'll just have those moments where I'll I'll catch a, a song or or something that reminds me of like my childhood and stuff like that, and I remember how it mm-hmm. felt when I first heard that song and how, you know. To give other people that feeling is the reason i'm doing it, so it's, it's yeah it's, I guess it would probably be the reminder of you know don't don't forget why you're doing this and and mm-hmm. enjoy every moment because the fact yep. that you can live out this childhood dream to play music as a living no matter how difficult that might be it's worth it's worth every challenge because you're you're, you're reaching your kind of highest potential that you had ever
0: dreamed for yourself. And so if I can yep. do
1: that, then, um, you know,
0: then that's, that's yeah. an amazing and thing.
1: And every, every day that I can do that is great.
0: And one of the reasons I ask that question in that way is because because whatever the, whatever the artist answers, if they're going to get there, they need to be living it right now. And it, I, the goal of that question is to make them think, am I actually mm. – because, because again, you know, when you're when you're talking to your successful self, you're going to say things like what you just said. Remember this. Remember that. Remember this. And my question then is, are you living that now? Because if you are, you'll become that that success. So that's the purpose of that question.
1: Well, you're, yeah, you're I love that because you're, you're right. Because I literally just said, and I try to, as I said that answer, I was like, I try to remind myself right now of the same
0: thing. So yeah, so you're <laughs> certainly right about that. <laughs> So let's say you had a friend of yours, and you heard him or her sing, and there is definitely something special. They got that it factor that everybody talks about, but they've played about maybe 40, 50 shows. So this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind, but they've played 40, 50 shows so far. So they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side, (laughs) but they've gotten on stage, and they got what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd, and they and the crowd's roaring for them, and they just know that they're in the right place. And they come to you and they say, Chris, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years?
1: Sure, yeah, the, um, good question. I would, I would say, I would let them know that you can do it. Um, you just have to put in the work. And it's, it's, uh, And I don't mean like, that that can sound cliché sometimes but yeah. literally what I what I have found is that all of this comes down to reps okay so that whole 10,000 hours rule all that stuff yep. uh, it is repetitive motion okay and if you are honing these skills everything is a skill okay this mm-hmm. is like me talking on the phone right now is a is a skill even yeah. though I may not be that great at it yet it's like literally like uh, performing is not necessarily that natural thing, okay? That's a skill yeah. you've got to work on. Um, singing is a skill. You're, you're, you can develop your voice. I am living proof of that. Go listen to something I sang five years ago. Um, <laughs> songwriting is a skill. So everything, I would just say be deliberate. Write, write down. I'm a, I also write down everything. So write down exactly what you want to do. Lay out your day. Do that, doing it. And you've got to outlast everybody. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's certainly the mindset that I have right now. Is that if I just if I'm too stubborn to quit, then it's going to get me somewhere. Um, I believe that. You see a lot of you see a lot of talented people that that stop, and they didn't not make it, they didn't not make it because they weren't talented.
0: The most talented they made it because they stopped.
1: Right, they didn't. And and, and, and
0: you know that reminds me of a funny story where there's two guys that are in the woods, and there's a bear comes up. And the bear roars, and one of them jumps down on the ground and putting his shoes on. And the other guy says, "Why are you putting your shoes on? You can't outrun that bear." The guy says, "I don't have to outrun the bear. I just got to outrun you."
2: <laughs> that's actually funny.
0: Yeah, <laughs> isn't that, isn't isn't that true? Yeah. Yep. and that's real And I and I I think that that's what happens in music sometimes. Is there's so many people trying to make it. You just got to outlast everybody else and work harder than everybody else. And the day will come when some breakthrough happens and you, and you get floated up like never before.
1: I agree. I, I think that, you know, society has kind of like told us that only really special people do really special things, right? People do mm-hmm. like there's this myth that you're just born with stuff. It is just not true. You know, like yeah. deliberate actual action that you put in every single day. Obviously, you have to have certain, you know, you have to have certain abilities. You have yeah. to have, like, you know, rhythm and you need to, you know, you know, you need to be, you need to have that passion. But if you have that with something like music, you know, if, if you're writing honest music and it's, and it's connecting with people, then you can do that at a small level. You can hear mm-hmm.
0: that. I, I fully, fully, yeah. fully
1: believe that.
0: I love that. So, as we come to a close here, um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do?
1: Oh, um, I don't know, because you've asked a lot of good questions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that's that's I the think, point of the show.
1: I think. Um, yeah I think if I were just to like think back on, the, on this interview and other interviews, I think that because I'm someone who likes to dive right into stuff and I don't need to do a lot of small talk, I think that you know when you ask about the struggles, um, you're going to get a better interview just because like, now you're, you're, that, that artist is opening up a little bit, and mm-hmm. um, it, it can kind of set the stage, I think, for just a, a you know a little bit more
0: honesty, so and that's why we bring um, it out.
1: Yeah, I think that that's a, that's a great thing because I think it's like, you know, when people are listening, right, they want to be able to relate it to their own lives and stuff like that. And I think, you know, it's it's not just about, hey, let's talk about your new song. It's um, what's challenging for you right now,
0: you know, that, that kind of thing. What, yeah, what, are
1: exactly. you, what are you worried about? What do you worry about right now? Like
0: what's, you know, stuff like that I think is, is great. I love that. So as we end here, uh, tell everybody how they can reach you.
1: Sure. Um, I'm super active on, like, on mostly Facebook and Instagram, and I do have a website, and all of that is Chris Marino Music, so it's M-O-R-E-N-O, uh, chrismarinomusic.com, and um, obviously all my music is on streaming platforms and all that, but uh, yeah, we'd love to, love to connect with uh,
0: anyone who's listening on uh, social and you know media, we, for sure. And, and you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. We definitely look forward to having you back down the road.
1: Yeah, I appreciate your your guys' time. This was was awesome, and I I would love that. All
0: right, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.
1: Okay, (laughs) thank you.